Welcome to Emotional Sobriety. My attitude could use an adjustment. Uh, I think we're going to discuss today <laughs> how, to, how I can work on my attitude, uh, no matter what doggy do I happen to be trampling through and figure out a way to square myself with that. Uh, wait, let's get straight about this. You don't trample through doggy do. You've got cat <laughs> all over the house. Right. That's right. That's it's right. even worse. Huh? Oh, it's it even is worse. Wor it yeah. is worse. <laughs> I love my cats, but I hate cats. It's yeah. like <laughs> big, big agree on that one. <laughs> Very seldom are there times where my attitude couldn't use a little adjustment. That's right. That's right. Well, look at look at a big part of what emotional sobriety is, is to develop. So first of all, to to become aware of what our attitude is, mm -hmm. right? So to see how are we getting in our way, right? That's mm -hmm. I, I love that. How That's, am I getting in my own way? Absolutely. Yeah, how am I getting in yes. my own way? I remember. Yeah. I remember my sponsor, Tom, used to say that to me all the time. Alan, you're getting in your way again. Mm -hmm. What the hell is he talking about? I mean, mm -hmm. at that point, I could not. I totally get it now. Mm -hmm. How I get in my own way with my attitudes, my mm -hmm. beliefs, my behavior. You know, all, all of the things I did to really act against myself and not honor myself or act for myself. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything got so turned around in recovery. But, you know, we were talking about, you know, in, in step six and seven in the program, the powerful thing that happens is at that point, we pivot towards developing the best possible attitude we can have to towards life, towards ourself, towards others, even towards the problems that we experience in our life. Mm -hmm. And I think it would be good for us to start talking about well, what does that look like? What are those best possible attitudes? What might what might they be? And and how can we plug some of those things into our experience? I love it. I love that. And, and I tell you what, I think that's a more tangible, a much significantly more tangible way of of stating what we made what i think we made an attempt at in, in in a while back when we were talking about emotional sobriety as philosophy um and i think when once we for me anyway once we put that in those terms i i, I think i i, I kind of got a little got myself a little bit confused about it but that to me I, one of the things i love uh any of the the, the philosophers i have read and followed the that I really respect are people who who basically talk about philosophy is to be practiced, not not just not just it's not just about navel gazing. It's like no no this is a, this is really a way of looking at life. It's a way of of of, of you know of and behaving in in life. And so what you're talking about is a, one of my favorite things is congruence. It's like what what is first of all know what is my what what is my outlook? What 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 are my belief systems? What am I you know, about the big picture of life and how am I doing with living in congruence with those, those values? This is one of the things that surprises me, surprised me in my, in my recovery process. We're offended by problems rather than realizing that's the nature of our lives. We're presented with problems to, and we solve problems. That's our, that's what we do every day. We're, we're not here to, to, you know, well, I solve, you know, how are you doing today, Tom? Well, I solved my last problem. Well, I went through a lot of my life, uh, especially during my uh, time in active addiction, very passively. And um, I my levels of consciousness were just like in the gutter. And uh, what has come with some recovery is the uh, 
realization that there will be a confrontation that I'm having with, um, you know, life on life's terms and uh, things uh, not uh, not unfolding according to like my uh, perfect schematic in my head of how they should go. And that I there's no like time off the clock, really, for any of that stuff. And, you know, uh, uh, there's been an adjustment period for sure that I'm still in the middle of. You know, what comes to mind when we're talking about this is the first thing, you know, and if we look at our what it may, and maybe this will be over a couple different shows, but if we just focus on our best possible attitude towards life, well, mm-hmm. what might that be, right? What attitude caused us problems? Mm-hmm. You know, how did we get in our way, so to speak, with 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 our maturation and growth? Um and 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 also what attitudes towards life would be would enhance our experience and enhance our emotional sobriety and give mm-hmm. us a chance to grow ourselves in the way that we can so you know for me when i think about it it's this idea that if life adhered and conformed to my expectations i would be okay it's a consciousness of contingency or conditionality, right? Mm-hmm. If I have these conditions, and if these conditions are met, then I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And so what that did for me is it made me very, very dependent on what happened in my life and really just wanting good things to happen. Because if well-being was dependent on things being the way I wanted them to be, then my God, when they weren't that way, I was thrown off, man. Talk about thrown off balance. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do. And, you know, I say I didn't know what to do, but what I did is I'd get mad or I'd fall into self-pity and depression, get drunk, get high. I mean, object. You, you, we, we get, a, we are offended. We are offended by the, and, not only the, 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 the individual problems, we're offended that we have problems that somebody, you know, it's like, it's sort of like being in a card game and being offended that somebody deals you cards. Right. You know, it's like, it's like why it's, you keep giving me these cards and you're in the game, man. It's, <laughs> and it, it's like somebody in one of my herbs workshops says, I end up taking life personally. Like, what are you doing to me? I mean, it's like, you shouldn't do this to me. What don't you know who I am? Hey, hey, listen, hey, hey, this don't you know who I am? <laughs> this reminds me of, I, I want to, I'm going to write a novel one day because I just, I somehow want to have a novel that begins with, I, cause I just have the first sentence and in the first sentence it's written for the first person. And the first sentence is there, there I was minding my own business, yeah, you know, and that's, and and that's now one of the things I want to point out to, to folks listening too is, is that I think it's easy to hear what, what what you're saying, Alan, and 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 not immediately identify with it because because you think if somebody were to ask us along the line, if somebody were to ask me along the lines, you know, hey, do you do you think you expect life to meet your expectations or you have expectations that, that you know it has to go your way? I was I would have easily said and and thought I was answering authentically, no, that's no, of course I know that doesn't happen, but it's like what what emotional sobriety, what what Bill's work and Bill's letter. Uh, that we read at the at a portion of at the beginning of the the Thursday group is tells us is to to look at it. We go at it a little bit backwards. We say when we are distressed, 
that's when we go that's when we go and look and tell me if i'm missing the words exactly but but this is the place i've learned it from from bill from you alan is the idea that when i am in distress that means there are unrealistic expectations so the question because i noticed that the, the tendency for people when i when i talk to them about that idea they go at it with a with a little bit different question which i think is is a is a, is a mistake they go and say, do I have, are, are there unrealistic expectations? It's like, no, if I'm distressed, there are, this, this is, this is how this method works. That's it's, right. like, it's, not, it's not, are they there? It's, it's where are they? And how can I identify? That's right. There's it's not, not if it's, it's what, it's what, what are they? How many are they? You know, very it's like, important nuance, everybody. Tom oh man. Yeah. yeah. So people it, get it. It's, it's it, when I am distressed, I, I, this 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 approach basically says I, I go to the place of asking the question, and I'm a very big fan of questions as tools. What are the unrealistic expectations? And they ask it in the plural too, because it's not just one usually, but what are the unrealistic expectations that I am having right now? And not asking if do I have them, but so so you may you may look at initially and say, I can't, I don't know. I can't find that. It's like, but that doesn't mean you don't have them. It just means you haven't found them yet. I mean, I probably need to talk to somebody. I need to bounce some things off of somebody so I can, you know, help me find out where I'm, where I'm messing up here because it is the adjustment of those expectations that where the healing will take place. It's right on. So that's so well stated. It really is. And I love the fact that you picked up that nuance, right? Mm -hmm. It's not if it's, mm -hmm. It's what are they? What are they? Oh, it's a totally different thing. It's because if you use if, what it does is it leaves it leaves the possibility of valid victimization in play. That's it's right. like it is possible that I'm just being victimized. That's right. You know, it's it's like, it's like well, that's what I was going to ask about was grievance. You know, like <laughs> the the the, the uh, appetite to kind of be grieved about something and to kind of place the blame outside of yourself. Um, now this isn't saying I, we always, we always include the caveat that there are uh, real grievances. There are, um, you know, there are, uh, abusers and victims and that those can't be excluded from the conversation. But I suppose the question, my question is in emotional sobriety and our conversations about it. Um, where, where's the, the healthy place for our grief and our grievance, uh, about these conditions of life to go? Well, first of all, the, the grievance I have anytime is valid. I mean, it's a feeling. Once the feeling is there, it's not, the feeling's not doing anything wrong. It's like, it, it, but however, it, part of the resolution of that grievance may be my responding to the question, what are the unrealistic expectations? All that question does is bring it back to ourselves. And, and it's, it makes us not, we're not looking at, it doesn't mean it's not whatever we're talking about is not really happening. And it doesn't mean, you know, and, and, and yeah, and, and we're not talking, we're not saying, that we made everything happen to us. It's like, it's, it's like, all we're, you know, when we're talking about the best possible attitude to life, what I'm saying is for me, well, that begins with the idea. And this is my personal way of doing it, that I believe, you know, I choose to believe that I am here in this, in this life to learn. And therefore I expect lessons to, to present themselves. You know, and I don't expect learning to be an easy process. I, it hasn't been so far. I'm, I'm not always a, the greatest student, but but um, uh, part of you know part of uh, well, go I'll go by mixing metaphors here. But part of being a, becoming a good card player is learning what to do when you get really shitty hands dealt to you. 
So we're not saying, so yeah, the grievance is real. It's, it, it, otherwise what we end up doing, Patrick, is we end, we end up going back to, or I do, I end up going back to what I was doing before, which was beating myself up for how I'm responding to things. And, and, you know, that, you know, and I can beat myself up in layers. I mean, it's like, you know, I can, you know, I, I can beat myself up for beating myself up for beating myself up. It's like, that's, that's you. Uh, Al, Alan was talking about, in our, and I think our, I, I think it was our last, our last uh, uh, episode about, basically looking at a hundred percent of our energy and how do we use that hundred percent of energy? That's a waste of energy. To, that, that's what I learned about, about, about dealing with the shoulds in my head is it what I needed to stop trying to figure out if they were telling me the truth or not. And I needed to turn to that and I'd say, I don't care. And I, it just came from a place I and mean, it was a really empowered place of being just fed up. You know, I've just that's you know, it's a Popeye. I've I've stood all I can stands. I can't stand no more. And I said, I said to 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 my should monster in the form of my friend Philip, they're playing the role. And I remember looking him straight in the eye and saying, "You know what? I don't care if every crappy thing you are saying to me about me is true. I don't give a fuck anymore. You are not helping." And man. I mean, and I have to remind myself and go back and redo that. But, but, but the freedom that came from that, the free, the freeing of the energy. And yep. so, yeah, so that's, yeah, it's like, so, so we don't need to, we certainly don't need to shut ourselves about our emotional responses to things. Our emotional responses are just, that's just information. Right. It tells us how to, how to guide ourselves. Yeah. Well, I think this is really important because when we go back and to say it again, the theme of this show What's our best possible attitude towards life? And what we're talking about is that our best possible attitude is not to to get lost in our objection to it. You know, people are victimized. There's no question. Natural disasters happen. If you lose a home in a flood or in a hurricane Mm -hmm. or, you know, if you're unfortunately molested or raped, though you're victim of those experiences. Mm-hmm. No question about it. But the issue becomes one of, I don't have to remain a victim of that. I can cope with that in a way that I am still able to find my emotional freedom. And see, I think that's the best possible attitude. How can we search and find that key that will unlock us? from that situation, from being a victim of that situation. And look, that's as as much as emotional sobriety is about other things, it's definitely about finding that key. We've talked about some of those elements of that key is a willingness. God, that's so important. That comes forward over and over again. Curiosity, Tom, I will be forever grateful for your emphasis on that. It really, I've integrated that into all of my clinical work now. I see that as such a critical element in terms of our growth and development. The search for what to do about this and to not blame. How do I deal with this difficult situation? How do I handle these these unresolved feelings I have? How do I start to work with them? I mean, look, when my dad died, when I was a young man, I was victimized by that experience. It shattered me. It devastated me. When I was 19 and this gestalt therapist put a pillow in front of me and said, now say, say goodbye to your father, I finally set myself free from being a victim of that experience. Yep. 
I was able to cry. I was back to this word we have. I was able to integrate that loss, in which I, on an ongoing basis, it wasn't completed at that time. Right. It was just the process had started. But it really set me free. It's the ability to respond, which is, by the way, responsibility. Blame keeps us stuck. Blame drops an anchor. It stops us. You know, right. responsibility, you know, moves us forward. Because it, it asks the question, what do I do next? That's right. John Amodeo, our good friend, has a great way of saying it. He says, if blame and responsibility are fused, then what happens is, is the blame will now, now marshal up all of this defensiveness. Responsibility is not, it, you don't respond defensively to the situation. You're empowered you don't become diminished by it. You become mm -hmm. more of what you of who you are and what you can do, what you can be. And I, I thought his difference of that is is to really differentiate the yes. blame from responsibility. Our culture, mm -hmm. a lot of people blame themselves as a way of taking responsibility, and it's, it's not. No, it's 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 more. It becomes more of the problem. It increases the the, the problem, and it's like. Uh, yeah, and it goes back to one of the things that that you I know you said in your most recent book. And you may you, this may be a theme that comes through all of your books to come and think of it. But it is that that it's adding more self. That's it. You That's know, right. it's it's, it's yeah. not 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 negating yourself, but adding more of yourself. It's like it's the question, and this is this goes to our theme of, of best attitude, which is when when I'm fa when I'm faced with something that that is. I don't like, let's just say it that way. I, I don't like, it's like the question, the question is not who did this to me or what the, what, why, you know, why is somebody treating me badly, but it's what am I going to do next? Yeah. You know, and I've heard, I've heard you, 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 you have right. emphasized the word next, next throughout so this whole process. Because now yeah. always moves to next. If, if we flow with it, I, I heard a great uh, Ted talk once on this nurse, she was an RN and she had, um, she developed breast cancer and she was talking about how she coped with this. And she says, the first part of my experience with breast cancer was I let the cancer claim me. Mm. It totally defined me, defined how I was living my life, defined how I would think about my life. And she said, and I was getting, I was getting not only eaten alive by the cancer, physically but i was getting eaten alive by the cancer emotionally yeah and then she said i got it she says i turned it around i said instead of letting this cancer claim me i'm going to claim the cancer i have mm -hmm. and i'm going to figure out how best to live with the cancer that i have at this point mm -hmm. in time so instead of dying from the cancer i'm living with cancer she flipped it around. It's and, and it's what it's what Roger Andes uh, talks about. You know, it's acceptance is uh, acceptance is the is the uh, is the the essential necessary required first step to change. That's it. That's right. It is a prerequisite. It's a prerequisite to change, and that's what we're talking about. So you can see that that as we're getting into this, is that there's a lot of different you know, aspects of developing the best possible attitude, you know, bringing curiosity, taking responsibility, you know, searching for the expectations that are causing me problem. 
not asking yourself if I have them, but saying, what are they? <laughs> what's right. what's right. at work here, man? I'm, I'm right. disturbed. Something's, you know, there's some, I'm putting some expectation on this situation. Well, and let's go back to what, what Patrick was saying before, because the idea is, I think for and I'll speak, I'll speak from a first person because I'm aware of, of, of this, but I think that, I think this will be identifiable for others is the idea that I'm going to understand that I'm going to live from a, from an attitude of complete non-victim stance is not a, is not a realistic attitude for me because the truth is what I'm going to do on the course of a, any course of day-to-day -day life. And I don't know if this is part of my human uh, humanness or if it's part of my, my, the culture I live in, but the truth is I'm going to be recognizing when I'm in a victim stance and moving myself to a non-victim stance. It's like, you know, when I have, you know, something's going to happen, I'm going to respond very often initially, uh, is is that uh is that it's a victim thing i want to then take it from there and do what you're talking about which is to say what do i need to do now to get myself to a better place yeah right on that's it and let's continue this in the next show we'll talk about yeah. the possible attitude towards ourselves, towards our relationships i think that's just a good theme patrick wonderful well uh until next time, and I will be back on domestic soil. Um, and hopefully, uh, well, this isn't a, this isn't a good expectation to have. Hopefully, nothing too crazy will happen in America in my absence. Well, don't count. That's, on an, that's an unrealistic <laughs> expectation. It's but already I'll, happening. I'll, Every day, something crazy's happening. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but, but you listen, guys will be here. And and I know you have no control over this, or very little control over this. But travel safe. I'll do my very best. Change your life. Change your myth. Cultivate your narrative with whomever you're with Then we glass in hand and children on one knee Bring some stories, bring your stories back to me It ain't a crime to be a human Never be ashamed to be yourself Rest assured that whatever you're doing Entertain me like nobody else So here's to us My old friends Until it's time to drink the wine And break the bread again With glass in hand and children on me Bring some stories Bring your stories Back to me